This is Lightning Power Lunch with Dave Mishkin and Greg Linelli on Lightning Radio. You know, they played desperate uh, coming off a loss yesterday. We, we knew that and, you know, they were just uh, a, little bit, a little bit better than us today. And, you know, that's going to happen in, during an 82-game season. But, uh, you know, for us, we just got to, you know, learn from this. And, you know, I think in the beginning of the third, we, we really pushed and, you know, we couldn't get anything going on the power play, and then they kind of score right after on that second one. So, you know, guys, we just got to regroup and, and get on go on the road and get some more points. Yeah, just didn't, we didn't touch the puck that much tonight, so tough to create anything offensively when none of the puck. They're, you know, they're an aggressive team in terms of their forecheck and hemming teams in, in their own end, so um, that was probably the case. Hey, listen, we've gone to, we've played these guys a ton, and there's been periods where we haven't had very many shots, and there's been periods we've had a lot. You know, the last two times we played these guys, we've shut these guys out. So, you know, there's a little give and take. You're not going to win everyone. Uh, for us, though, to come home for just two home games and to go back on the road and how much we're on the road, like, we got to get these points. And so that's disappointing to come out of these two games with without points. And so now we got to go back on the road. But you are going to get beat some nights not completely thrilled how we got beat tonight but just adds a little more pressure for us to go on the road and we have to come together and uh and not accept that you know what happened these last two games for sure you know it's funny you really can pull a lot of just about every game a positive or two even if you lose and that that one against carolina was hard to do I don't remember too many times where you felt like another team, they were in control, let's put it that way. They were in control for a good portion of the game against the Lightning. Very rarely do you say that. That's the that's what I took from that game. It's one game out of 82, I understand. And boy, do we have a lot of tweets. Uh, let me bring in my partner, Dave Mishkin, Steve Versnick's producing. I'm Greg Lanelli. It's Power Lunch on Lightning Radio. We got a lot of tweets uh, partner, as you can imagine, from people who, uh, again, a bit hyperbolic, but maybe sensing that uh, is there a bigger issue going on with the Lightning, particularly after the last couple of games. I don't know if I'm going there, but that game against Carolina, I mean, it was it was pretty clear. Carolina ugly. controlled it the was, yeah controlled the game. It was ugly. So this is the old which side of the coin are you on and what perspective are you taking? And I think Lightning fans, rightly so, take the perspective from the Lightning side of things. On our show, Greg, we try and look at it from from both sides because both teams are contributing to the outcome. And when people talk, so I'm going to start on the Carolina side. When people say, and they have said and written and tweeted and opined that the Carolina Hurricanes are a legit Stanley Cup contender. What they showed on Saturday night was the reason why. They don't have necessarily one of the top, and I'm saying top superstars. They have very, very good players. Sebastian Ajo, to me, is is an elite player. Jacob Slavin is a very underrated defenseman. They have some high-end players. But they don't have McDavid. They don't have Kucherov. They don't have a McDavid. They don't have a Kucherov. They don't have a player like that. So why are they viewed as Stanley Cup contenders? It's how they play. 
And when they are going, they are a handful. They were going on Saturday. Probably one of the worst things that could have happened for the Lightning was that Carolina lost the night before in Sunrise. And they got kind of gently called out by their head coach. And they came out breathing fire. I know what Lightning fans are saying. Well, the Lightning should have been ticked off too coming off the loss against Chicago. I'm going to get to that. The Lightning have had seasons in which they have won the Stanley Cup and they have been on the wrong end of a game like that against Carolina earlier in the year. Carolina is like in basketball, a full court press team and they do it for the entire game. And if they are in sync, you have no time, no space to make even a simple pass out of your own end. And if you hesitate for an instant, they're on you. And they showed that right from the opening faceoff. So the lighting had their hands full with an opponent that was really on its game and really motivated to play well and is capable of doing it. It's not like they just started playing this way, Greg. They've been playing this way really from the moment that Rod Brendamore took over as head coach, which has been what now, you know, five, five, six years ago. So high marks to Carolina. If that wasn't their best performance of the year so far, I'd be very surprised. And Coop is right. Like the yeah. last two times the Lightning played them, the Lightning shut out Carolina. So it's not like Carolina is a team that is just an unstoppable force. They're not going 82-0. In fact, they'd had kind of a meza-meza start, which may have factored into to why they played the way that they did. Right. But when they are on their game, you are going to have to match that level. And the Lightning weren't able to do it on Saturday. All right. So for the Lightning, few things at work here. I think that I thought that they would play a lot better than they did against Chicago. It's hard to know if they could have played better against a different opponent. But Carolina just gave them no room to breathe. And the Lightning didn't meet the challenge. So they had a hard time making passes on Saturday. Some of that was due to Carolina. When you're under pressure, you may be in a situation where you do not deliver a tape-to-tape pass, or if you're on the receiving end of the pass, <laughs> you realize that you know, you're know you going to have to make a play quickly. Maybe you grip your stick too tightly. Guys were fumbling pucks, and that is not a recipe for success against Carolina. And it also happened when there was an opportunity to, to make a play. I mean, it's not like every single pass was contested. I mean, Phil was laughing by the third period because it was almost like the Keystone Cops for the Lightning. That's probably putting it a little bit too drastically. They weren't like colliding into each other, but it was like pucks were just bouncing off sticks left and right. Lightning would block a shot, really good play, would come right back to a Carolina player. And it was kind of like everything was in, in, in sync for Carolina and nothing was in sync for the Lightning. So I think Carolina had something to do with that, but I think the Lightning did as well. And then the other part of it, the one guy who can help settle things down when you're having trouble kind of controlling pucks and controlling pace of play, Nikita Kucherov wasn't able to play. And again, I'll play the devil's advocate. Lightning fans are saying, well, if you're missing one player, it shouldn't have that much of it, uh, of an impact. And that's fair. I mean, it is fair. The, the Lightning went a whole season in 2021, regular season, without Nikita Kucherov. Different team then. But I think... 
against that opponent on that night in that circumstance when the Lightning were having trouble making plays up and down the lineup, Kucherov could have made a difference. Lightning went 0 for 3 in the power play. You heard the clip from Hedman that started the third. They got a power play, maybe a chance to to cut into the the deficit. In fact, they had two in a row in the first half of the third period, and they did very little on either one of them. And then right at the end of the second of those power plays, Burns came out of the box and scored to make it 3 nothing, And it was basically lights out. I mean, don't try and tell me that Kucherov couldn't have made a difference potentially on those power plays. But it's over and done with. I mean, like they didn't have Kucherov. So they have to own the fact that they did not meet the challenge of facing, as I wrote in my extra shift, a, a team that put forth an A-plus performance. I thought the Hurricanes did. You know, and it's interesting, too, because you, you mentioned, you know, basically going a whole regular season without Kucherov, and that is true, and it is the, the point you made after that was spot on, and I'll add to it. It caught them off guard. You know, like if Cooper, yeah. if Kucherov is out good for the point. whole season, mentally you're ready for that. You might not be as good. You may have some deficiencies in certain areas, but at least in training camp or at the start of the regular season, you can prepare mentally to say, we may have to play a different way. And and for an 82-game stretch, we know we're going to get Cooch back at some point, but understand that there are no excuses. We understand we can prepare for that not only physically but mentally. I got the sense that was right at the last minute where he was scratched. And listening to Steven Stamkos after the game partner, it felt like, you know, we just, it, it kind of happened so quickly, maybe we weren't prepared for it. I'm paraphrasing. So I think that shook them to that extent as much as it can in the regular season. And then you you factor in the team they're playing. And, and the Lightning, I thought, just had all night problems controlling the puck. Uh, the the one power play early on, it was like a grenade, you know, just bouncing off everybody's stick. They couldn't corral the puck appropriately, and because of that, they couldn't get set up. I mean, I don't even think, you can correct me if I'm wrong, partner, I'm not sure they really tested Kachetkov throughout the night. I mean, I, yeah, know, solid, I agree. solid, and had, look, 23 save shutout, you're probably going to get a star regardless of how good you are in that game. But I, I thought that was more of a quote-unquote team win and yes. more defensively oriented for Carolina more so than, hey, I think the goaltender just stood on his head. Yeah, there were some saves that I would say were moderately difficult. Uh, and Sorelli did hit the post during uh, a second period shorthanded situation for the Lightning. But yeah, it was a fairly routine game for Kachetkov. Johansson did not have a routine game. I mean, Carolina had him kind of under siege from the get-go. So the fact that he gave up four, I mean, we've been saying this, unfortunately, probably a little too much already this year. The other team could have had more, if not for the goaltending. So, look, we don't need to spend the full hour dissecting this game uh we are pre-taping today the lightning are getting on an airplane in a short while to head to st louis they have a two-game road trip st louis and chicago tuesday and thursday and then they're home through thanksgiving with games next week well 
end of this week, Saturday afternoon, Edmonton, Monday, Boston, Wednesday, Winnipeg. And the reason I'm bringing this up, Greg, because I am looking ahead, the Lightning with these two regulation losses that put themselves in jeopardy of, of falling more than a point behind playoff pace. They had gotten off to a good start in this 10-game segment, banking points on the road, even though they felt they had left some points on the table. Although in the 10-game segment, the first three games, they did get five out of six points. That's very, very good. But now they've squandered two games, both at home in regulation loss fashion. Now they need to go to work. I think Coop said as much. You know, disappointing to lose these two games at home in regulation. Now they're going to need to make hay in these next five games and make hay on the road. St. Louis looks like they've they found something. The Blues got off to a slow start after missing the playoffs last year. But... They've been winning more than losing recently, and did you see their score in Colorado over the weekend? They put a snowman on the avalanche in Denver. Both Braden Shen and Pavel Buchnevich had hat tricks in that game. So the Blues have kind of been doing it with defense when they've been doing well this year. Not only did they do it with defense, they filled the net quite a bit. So we'll see what happens Tuesday, and then the Lightning, they just saw the Hawks. The Hawks are, are playing competitive hockey. I mean, they were 3-3 with the Panthers yesterday afternoon. The Panthers ended up winning the game. Bedard had another couple of goals. So, look, these are not layup games. No game in the NHL is a layup game. We've talked about how the Lightning have had to kind of scratch and claw to get points on the road. They're going to have to dig deep. Because this is the stretch, this five-game stretch, and then when you come home, you have Edmonton, which has really struggled and and fired the head coach, although that came after they actually had a win in Seattle. Boston must have what? I haven't looked at the standings. If they don't have the, the best record in the league, they're, they're right up there. And and then you finish with Winnipeg. Like this is this is a challenging five game stretch. And for the Lightning to get on playoff pace, they need eight points. Had they won one of these two games at home, it would have changed the dynamic a little bit. Otherwise, you risk falling farther behind playoff pace. And by the way, looking around the division, you know, teams are winning. Like other teams are getting to playoff pace. So I don't think it's too early to say, like, this is a pretty significant stretch for the Lightning, even though they know they have Vasilevsky returning and that return is. But I don't want to use the word imminent. It's it's coming. Like, it's coming soon. But he's not back yet. And as we've talked about, I'm not sure that really it's goaltending that has been the Lightning's issue this year. No. I, I If anybody came away from that game thinking that there were problems with goaltending, I don't think you were watching it appropriately. So I, I agree with you. And I, I still maintain... And we'll get to some questions and and some comments. I do maintain, I think, just based off of him being in the lineup, the Lightning will be better when Vassy comes back. That's not to take away what the goaltending duo has done for the Lightning. I just think there's that perception, there's that shield a little bit that you're going into a fight with everybody that you need. (laughs) to come yeah. out and and be victorious. But in the meantime, partner, they're not there yet. And they have to make sure 
they continue to keep their head above water because you do not want to start drowning here right before Vasi comes back. Because as we alluded to, teams are winning. We all know about the parity in today's game. I mean, we everybody understands uh, what, we're, what we're talking about here, but I, I think the Lightning understand that. And, you know, it was interesting listening to the players' partner after the game and even the fans. They felt like, you know, were the Lightning a bit dejected, so to speak? You know, just kind of like, what's what's going on? And, and almost like defeated. Yeah, well, playing Carolina can make you feel that way. <laughs> That's very true. That is very true. I mean, I remember a game at the beginning. So this was the beginning of the 1920 season. It was maybe the third game of the year. So the Lightning had some some growing pains early in that season as they were adjusting to kind of a change in mindset and the the team hadn't come together yet. That was the year they went to Sweden, and and we know what happened there. The team really did gel and, and played much better after returning from Sweden than before. This was one of the games before. Lightning got a point in this game because they popped in three first-period goals. The shot's like 44-11 Carolina. I mean, this is yeah. what Carolina can do to you. And it can be, like you said, dejected. Like, it can be really tough and frustrating and deflating when you play a game and you hardly have the puck, which is what Stampko said. He's right. And who plays with the puck a lot? Kucherov. So you, you factor in that dynamic. You can, you can see why it was a, a little bit of a a tough game to gain some traction. And I think, as Forrest Gump once said, that's all I'll have to say about that. But if people <laughs> Well, probably write, not if we have tweets that we're responding <laughs> to. But. At Bolts Radio, why don't we get into a few of those here? Uh, and I want to get to some that happened, you know, a little bit after the game. Understanding, you know, it's an emotional time and... Uh, you know, the lightning, sometimes that's not our best analysis, but let me let me dive into it. Al says, the Stamkos interview and body language shows a frustration level that we haven't seen in a long time. He must realize that the mix of players isn't working and there's nothing he can do about it. On to St. Louis. So, look, he was in the moment at the beginning of that in the tweet. Moment. Yeah, like Stamkos was dejected. Stamkos's body language wasn't great. But then to make the broad, sweeping, not even a generalization, like a condemnation, the mix of players is not working. That's a very definitive statement, Al. And I, I don't agree with that. I mean, I think that they've showed in games this year that the mix of players can work. You're going to have bad games over the course of a regular season. Carolina has had bad games already this year. It looks worse when that game comes to the hands of the Carolina Hurricanes when they are playing, like I said, A-plus hockey. You look like a very, very average team. But let's hold off on any like bold statements characterizing kind of definitively the state of the team. They had a good road trip. They blew some leads on the road trip, so it wasn't a great road trip. But except for the fact they had Kucherov in the lineup and he had a fantastic road trip, right? 11 points after the first game, the last three games of the road trip. Like, you are looking at the same team. 
You know, and it's funny because when you look at the the numbers individually for the Lightning and you go up and down that roster, there are a few guys who you'd say, okay, I, I need to see a little to a lot more. But it's not like Nikita Kucherov has 10 points through 14 games. He's got 23. Yeah. Braden Point, you might look at it and say, you know what, he's not finishing as much as I'm used to seeing, but he's he's a point-per-game guy. Now he's a minus seven, however you want to look at pluses and minuses, so maybe there's room for improvement there. Hedman's from the back end a point-per-game guy. Hagel's at a point-per-game. Stamkos a point-per-game. And then if I would have told you, partner, that you know Nick Paul would have seven goals through 15 games, would you take it? Yeah, probably. You know, Sergachev's number, I think, sticks out a bit. And I think the back end in particular, at times, getting the puck out and not turning it over, you know, we have seen this from time to time this year. Maybe that's creeping up a bit more. And I I think that's fair to point out. I I think you want to see this team be better defensively, and you want to see this team be better in the neutral zone. And do we think that's going to improve as the year progresses, I do. History typically tells you you're, you're a better team from start to finish. And I, I think sometimes we are evaluating this team as if the playoffs are about to begin in a week. That's not going to happen. The Lightning are going to be a, a different team in, in a couple of weeks, hopefully when Vassie gets back. And it, this is going to be a, a process. See, I, I think what people have to understand, too, when you lose as many people as the Lightning have had to lose over the last handful of years, whether it's through trade or whether it's just letting guys walk, there is an adjustment period. It does not matter how many core guys you have coming back that know the system, so to speak. You're still working in new faces and guys who are taking on big roles. And so there is an adjustment period, even for a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning. So does this team look like they are a Stanley Cup favorite right now? I I think it's fair to say no, but the Stanley Cup playoffs don't start today. You know, they start in a handful of months. Al says, did we ever get an injury report or timeline on Sherry? Sherry, no. But Chernak also got hurt in that game. Yeah, that's a... Well, I shouldn't say also got hurt. Sherry got hurt in the Montreal game. Chernak got hurt on Saturday, and Coop was muted. It, not like muted, like he didn't say anything, but his his response was right was understated. Let's just say it that way. So we'll see. Not ideal, of course. Maybe an opportunity for Myers to to play a little bit. Yeah, we'll see how he would slot in on the right side. He would. Uh, Jay says Saturday was a bland, flat game without Kucherov. It's becoming more apparent, though, that they need new young blood from Syracuse in the lineup. And he gets into Edmonds, Groshev, Gonzalez. Hopefully, they're ready soon. Now, obviously, we're seeing Marlon, mm-hmm. seeing what he can do, and I, I feel for him a little bit because I think he's getting some opportunities. It's just not finishing. Yeah, not sure what to make of that, other than hopefully he'll finish. Yeah, the Lightning are careful as far as bringing guys up. They want to make sure they're ready when they bring them up. Merrill has, you know, indicated to management through his play, especially in training camp in the preseason and the body of work that he's put forth so far 
at the start of this year that he can play in the NHL. He hasn't gotten rewarded yet. But just like calling guys up because you you have a knee-jerk reaction to one game and you're like, well, we need fresh blood. Let's bring in these young guys. Like that's not really typically a formula for success. That is true. And Al, I think you're right. I mean, I think in a long season, you're going to need some guys coming up from the minor leagues to provide whatever they are going to provide and give their team some new blood. Sometimes, though, that is also new players you're bringing up who are actually NHLers, whether it's the the Mots, the Glendennings, the Sherrys. I mean, these are Merla. You know, you can throw in there as well. Those are guys who are, you are hoping that can come in and provide that quote-unquote new blood, even though they are uh, somewhat older in age. Uh, Jay says the Blues game on Tuesday is extremely important. Need a win. Can't give up so many goals. Also, hope Kucherov is healthy for it. Yeah, so I guess it's good the Lightning weren't in a back-to-back situation. They got a couple of days yeah. in between the Saturday game and Tuesday game. We'll find out more. We're taping actually even before the team practices, so we don't even know if Cooch is, is practicing today and able to be on the ice. But yeah, him getting back would would certainly just gives them a different be look. very I important. Mean, yeah, yeah, of course. I, I mean, it it changes so much when he's available <laughs> as opposed to when he is not. You know, it, it it does remind you. We often have these conversations about who's more important, who's more valuable, and it's it's more of a fun question to debate with fans. But you know, oftentimes, Dave, you've heard me say the importance of Braden Point because of maybe all the responsibilities that he takes on, kind of the engine that that makes the team go. But you know, there's a game la- the other night where Cooch is not in the lineup, and you can really see the team struggle. To, to really get going offensively, and you look at, at Kucherov, especially how well things were going for him, and you can sit there and say, man, it's 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 nice to have a guy who can dangle with the puck the way he does because there's a handful of guys who can do it. He's one of them. He can slow the game down, and boy, doesn't that power play look dramatically different mm-hmm. when he's playing. I'm stating the obvious, but sometimes you need to state the obvious to hammer the point home. Uh, Al also says, I'm concerned the confidence level of some players is low. It seems they just can't get out of their own way in the D zone. Sometimes it's like a Chinese fire drill resulting in turnovers. When players start second-guessing themselves, the results are disastrous. Is that a general comment, you think? I, I don't know if... Yeah. Well, turnovers, I mean, that has been an area we've discussed at length on the show, and it's been a problem area for the Lightning this year. Carolina's pressure causes problems, though, even if generally you're not struggling with turnovers so to me the Saturday game is a little bit of a one-off although I said that about the Chicago game too so I mean I guess if you have two in a row they're not they're not two separate one-offs so look I'm not disagreeing with you there Al Uh, I think that the Lightning are not playing like a confident defensive team yet I think they'd they'd love to have some games where they really, you know, see the results from from the work that they're putting in and, you know, some of it's self-inflicted. So if they can cut down on the costly mistakes, that would help. But I think you can have swagger defensively, just like you can have swagger offensively, and the opposite would then also be true, that you can lose confidence, lose your swagger in terms of, like your decisiveness to make a play. 
because you can make a play defensively, closing on a guy, poke checking a guy. You can being hard in front of the net. At Bolts Radio, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you can do just that. And we're discussing the Lightning and what we've seen the last couple of games. It uh, it hasn't been pretty, and certainly we're here to to take your questions uh, about it. I know we've had uh, some people partner talk about uh, the line combinations, juggling, and and what do we make of of where things stand with that. I mean, I think. John Cooper has an idea. I think also when you see the lines changing a little bit during the game, you're just in a situation where the coach is trying to find a bit of a spark. And uh, if something sticks, you stay with it. If not, I'm I'm not sure what to make of it other than you go back and you see what, what combinations have worked previously. Yeah, that's Coop style. That's what he I does. Mean, he does it very well. Yeah, he, he looks for answers in-game. And then usually when the game ends... If he's not reverting back to the lines previously, the ones that may have started that game or even gone back a game before, he he puts different combinations together based on maybe what gave him the best look in a game in which he switched them up a lot. But again, like he had to juggle the lines because Kucherov was unavailable at the true. 11th hour. That is true. It is interesting looking at the standings, and we do this more because uh, the audience sometimes gets a little antsy, but it's it's incredible what a couple of losses can do. Oh, and yeah. it probably shows just how tight things are. I mean, Boston is doing Boston things in the regular season. I mean, that is incredible. There is something to be said for dominating the way they do in the regular season, particularly with some of the question marks they've, they had coming into the season. But they're at a plus 18 in the you know goal differential department. But... Yeah, you've got Florida, the Red Wings, the Leafs, the Lightning, the Canadians, and the Sabres. They're all within four points of one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Sabres have 15 points. They're in seventh place. The Panthers have 19 points. They're in second. And yeah, it's tight right in the still. It's tight still. But the Panthers have, have gotten a little bit of a roll here. I think if you yeah, look at have. their games played, they're on the lower side of things relative to the other teams in the division. And... You know, they've been able to vault up the standings because they strung a couple of wins together at the same time that the Lightning lost a couple. They played the same teams. The Lightning at Chicago and Carolina at home lost both in regulation. The Panthers had, in the opposite order, Carolina and Chicago at home and won both. So you can look at it this way. That's that's kind of an eight-point swing. That is true. The Panthers gained four points and the Lightning gained zero. Got to keep that in mind. I know it's early, but this is when we talk about not falling too far behind and not saying the Lightning are, but this is what we're talking about. It's just right. makes it hard. Like It seemed like the Ottawa Senators, Dave. We like some of the talent that they have. They're in last place. Yeah. I mean, right now, 12 points through 13 games. You may say, well, it's not a terrible start. They had a win on Saturday. They're they're one of the teams going to Sweden, by the way. We were just talking about that. There are four teams going to Sweden. They're going to play, I think, over four days, three days into next weekend. But it's Toronto, Ottawa, Detroit, and Minnesota 
interestingly, they have a Western Conference team there. So it's not a full round robin. Yeah. But every team is going to play two of the opponents. So like Toronto and Ottawa are not playing each other. So Toronto's playing Detroit and Mini, and Ottawa's playing Detroit and Mini. And yeah, they're working out the the other matchups as well. So they have, you know, they have a big trip coming up, so they're not going to play a game for, for a few days. Ottawa did win on Saturday, but they have been losing more than winning, and you can see where they are in the standings. Buffalo, the same thing. Buffalo's hit a little bit of a, a stretch here where they're not getting points regularly, and it doesn't take much for you to fall down in the standings and fall behind, as we mentioned, playoff pace. Both those teams, I think, were behind playoff pace after the first 10 games, and they've done very little to this point to kind of make up ground. And was Jay who had that game against St. Louis is very important. Important for the Lightning. He was talking about the Lightning. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, Jay. It's a big one, as much as it can be Yeah, in the regular season. I mean, like, you lose that game. You can make up those two points later, but the Lightning now are like, all right, we just lost two at home in regulation. We need to make up those points. What do we talk about as far as the one of the keys to regular season success? Navigating through the regular season and minimizing regulation losses. Regulation losses will sink you yeah. very quickly. I mean, you're right, because think about this streak that they're on. I mean, we kind of touched on this. This was last week when we were looking at Chicago. I think it was coming off the Montreal game. You know, you had this stretch where Carolina was going to be solid. You didn't anticipate Chicago doing what they did, but so they get a win. Chicago does. Then that comes off of a loss to Carolina. Then you go on the road and you're taking on a St. Louis team um, that has some some guys who can hurt you. Chicago, we know about that whole situation. I mean, Edmondson, so they're they're going to be a different team. I don't know how good they're going to be part of some of the changes they've made, particularly yeah. behind the bench. But a lot of times when that does happen, there is a response early on. They promoted their their minor league coach, who was Connor McDavid's coach in junior hockey. Yeah, can he play defense? Can he stop the puck? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the question, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's it's one of those uh, you know scenarios when you're taking a look at the big picture here. Uh, how will Edmonton respond to that move? And then look, Boston, Winnipeg, and then Carolina again. Then you've got the Abs. I mean, it's. There are some things at play that the team I don't think is necessarily going to be looking at the calendar that much. They're probably going to try and look at who they have coming up right away. But that's a that's a pretty tough schedule, partner, and some good teams where the Lightning need to make sure this mini two-game losing streak doesn't, doesn't turn into having lost five of six. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so that's we're, we're, we're circling for. back to the same point that Jay made, which is... They, need, they really want to get points out of the game on Tuesday. Big game. There's no doubt about that. At Bolts Radio, if you want to get involved uh, in the conversation, you certainly can. I will be interested to see, you know, A, the, the report that we get on Chernak, and, you know, B, what are we going to see from the back end? Does Myers get an opportunity to play a partner? Because we've been hearing a little bit about, you know, he's too good to be down in Syracuse, but there just wasn't maybe a ton of room for him up here. At the mm. NHL level, he's going to get that opportunity. You would think at some point, and uh, maybe the best way to describe him, he's got a lot of tools 
in the toolbox, so to speak. Just yes. has to kind of figure it out, right? Big shot, mm-hmm. be physical. What's been lacking in his game to be a consistent, productive NHL defenseman? And maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just being consistent because we've seen that over the years with some players. You can figure it out. Consistency ends up being the difference between you being a, a legitimate regular at the NHL level and somebody who is going to get shots at the NHL level, but you're going to kind of bounce up and down. Well, look, he was sent to the minors last year and had to eat some humble pie and had a great attitude about it. A mentor to the younger players, performed well on the ice, comes back into camp this year, motivated to to get back to the NHL, doesn't, sent back down again, and didn't mope, didn't complain, went about his business. Did well again. Now he's earned a recall. And the recall came after the Bogosian trade. So it's not like somebody got nicked up and he's like a placeholder, right? Now, are the Lightning going to keep eight? Because Hayden Fleury's conditioning assignment is going to be ending soon. Right. But now if the Chernak injury opens up a spot on the right side, you figure Myers is the next man up. So this may be an opportunity for him whether Chernak is able to play or not, he gets some regular time in the NHL, which he really hasn't had since the beginning of last year at all. That is true. That is true. He has not. And the Lightning are going to maybe go to him, and and maybe, Al, that's kind of what you were talking about, getting some of that fresh blood up here. Does that do anything? Look, did we kind of think that was going to be Barry Boulay? To an extent, he's done that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't hope everybody that you want to see up from Syracuse partner comes in and and gives you a tremendous boost. I mean, I, I rattled off a couple of names, not including the goaltending, by the way, this year. And I know they didn't start in Syracuse, but it's it's new blood. I mean, the Lightning have five, six guys in this lineup. Yes, who are providing quote-unquote, new blood, who are doing some pretty good things. I mean, look, the goaltending up to this point through 14 games or 15 games, you can make the argument, has been the most pleasant surprise for the Lightning. But Dave, what do you think would be number two? Outside of things you didn't know was going to happen. Did, did we think Kucherov, is it a surprise to see him with as many points through these many games? Not really. I, th- I think what he's done over the last four or five games has been incredible, but we're kind of used to seeing incredible from Kucherov. I don't think that is shocking. I, mean, I think it's kind of shocking that Barry Boulay has mm. had the start to the year that he had. His key will be consistently putting it together, but I could make the argument, partner, is that the outside of the goaltending? Somewhat of the biggest surprise so far for the Lightning in terms of what you were expecting to start and what you got now in a positive way. Surprising, yes. In terms of what the Lightning needed, which is maybe a separate category, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I think if you're going to classify surprising storylines, probably those two would be at the top of the list. The goaltending as a whole, not just Johansson, Tompkins too, 
And the fact that Barry Belay went from, you know, going on waivers at the start of the year, clearing, going to the minors, and then coming up and and finding himself in a role that he hadn't really been in before and and doing well in that role. Those would be the two most surprising. What was necessary, though, for the Lightning? Certainly the big guys needed to produce, and I think that Cooch has found a very high level in the last week to week and a half, and I'm not sure that he and Point have necessarily been that level from the beginning of the year onward. I don't think Sergachev has has completely found his game yet. Lightning needed him and need him to be the guy he has been. Victor Hedman has. I mean, when we talk about what do the Lightning need, they need Hedman to be back playing like Victor Hedman. I think he has done that for the most part. You mentioned Nick Paul with seven goals this year. Like you've talked about on the show before the season started. What do the Lightning need? They're going to need contributions from some of these guys like Nick Paul, who had half a season last year in which he scored one goal. That's been very positive. But to me, probably the most consistent performer, acknowledging Hedman has had a very good year so far, but the most consistent performer who falls into that category has been Brandon Hagel. Hagel has had a couple of miscues this year, and I know he hung his head and and took it very hard after that Toronto home game because he had he had a couple of turnovers there. But everybody's going to have turnovers. <laughs> if we're looking at his body of work, I mean, he has brought a consistently high work ethic every single night, and it's not just that he is like a worker bee. Remember beginning of last year, Greg, and you were wondering, would Brandon Hagel be the guy that scored 20-plus goals in Chicago? Heck yeah. And, and I think now, after 30 goals last year, and what he, is, what he has put forth this year, he's scoring. I mean, yes. he's getting goals, he's getting points, but it's combining with a consistency in terms of what you're getting from him I mean, if you were to ask me who's been the most consistent performer for the Lightning this year, I would probably put him at the top of the list. I don't know if you agree or disagree, which is a little bit different than what you were asking, but I think that the Lightning needed some guys to kind of step up, surprisingly so, but we also knew some of the guys they were going to need. And and they've gotten some of those performances, certainly, but Hagel, for me, you know, has has definitely been there night in night out for them in a season in which look like you've said it it's it's somewhat transitional for them it's not a it's not a situation i was about to say rebuild it's not a rebuild but the lightning are transitioning some some of their regulars have left they need other guys to pick up where the departed players left off essentially hagel did it last year but he's continuing to do it this year and that has been really really important yeah, and you know what's interesting is that you know how you can tell Hagel's a really good player? He can play with anybody, mm-hmm. and he's still pretty productive. Now, why is that? I, I think a couple of things that do come to mind. I think it's his speed, but I think offensively, at least for me, 
he's just a different player than when he came here. Is that a confidence thing? Is that being in a routine? Is it playing with Kucherov and points and, and bringing that out of him? I mean, you could you could say all the above, and I understand that, and that makes a lot of sense, but I think you know you're a good player when it doesn't matter who you're playing with and you're still creating opportunities. Yeah. I do. And from where he was when he first came to the Lightning to where he is now, he's one of the Lightning's best players. And he's one of their best players because he's consistent. You know what you're going to get. There's going to be an opportunity maybe a couple of times every game where he's involved creating offense that can change mm-hmm. the complexion of a game. He and Sorelli are a real pain in the rear end yeah. for the other team when they are on the penalty kill together. In fact, I mean, I think we mentioned it, maybe the Lightning's best scoring chance in the entire game against Carolina happened when Hagel basically did the work to get the puck up the ice got it back, and then set up Sorelli, and Sorelli hit the yeah, post shorthanded. Sure. Yep. that That's turned out to be really good. You know, it's funny. We talk about line combinations. I, I don't know which line I like better because I think there's something to be said for pointing Kucherov and Hagel. I think that is dynamic. I think Hagel complements those players very well with what he can do. But I do like Hagel and Sorelli together as well. And Sorelli is now, I mean, let's be honest, we want to call it the third line. He's the third line center because Nick Paul has been playing with Stamkos. Now the other winger has been shifted because Sherry was there and then Sherry got hurt. And, of course, the other night they threw the lines in a blender and everybody was playing with everybody. This, for me, the start of the year, for a lot of our audience, it shouldn't come as a surprise. This hasn't necessarily been about scoring. It's just, how good are you with the puck? And we can talk about the changes structurally, defensively, and I, I understand that. And there, Look, we've had, we've had former players, analysts, Dave, who, who know the X's and O's a little bit here, and, and they can maybe talk about some minor things, some minor adjustments, maybe they're bigger adjustments the Lightning have made in their zone when it comes to defensive coverage. I go back to a comment that Sergachev had. Was it against Chicago, I think, where he basically said, look, at least that game, it wasn't about where we were positionally. It was just, you know, giving away the puck in the neutral zone. Mm-hmm. I think when the Lightning are rolling, and I think maybe this year it's it sticks out more, when the Lightning are, are really feeling it, Dave, I, I think they're playing well with the puck, and I, I think their turnovers are limited. You're going to have turnovers every game. Some are going to be more egregious than others. The key there is to not make them as egregious when you make those turnovers. But for me, I think this has been a lot about just decision-making. Poor puck management. Have there been breakdowns defensively? For sure. Understand. Some of that is the opponent they're playing. Give them credit. Carolina made the Lightning do some things I'm sure they, they don't want to do. But that's because that's a pretty good team they're playing against. So you, you have to factor that in. But when it comes to the Lightning and how they're going to play, and these are the challenges of an A2 game season because it's really hard to be consistently good every single night. That's why we keep going back to, you know, a 60-minute game. I just, I think it's hard. I think it's hard to do that 82 times for three periods, really not even taking into consideration the opponent that you're playing. And so you factor that all in. For me, it's what are the Lightning doing with the puck? Probably more so in the neutral zone than anything else. And if they're taking care of the puck, if they're not getting too cute, then I, then I think they're going to be okay. 
for me, through 14 games, it's been more about, okay, I think they're having some puck possession problems. And I think they're having their goaltenders bail them out to a certain extent. And for the most part, they have. But I think that has been exposed a little bit more so far through you know, the first month or so of the season. Yeah. I mean, look, if we were to make a different list beyond surprising performances and required performances, if we want to use that secondary category, what has been the single biggest issue that has plagued the Lightning this year? I think we would agree. It has not been like D-zone coverage. For sure. It has been turnovers. That has been their biggest problem. Now, it hasn't plagued them every game. But the turnovers have definitely, in some 50-50 games, cost them points. Either a game that could have gone to overtime and given them one, maybe two. And yes, fans, I'm giving them the the benefit of the doubt that if a game went to overtime, they might they might get the second point. It's going to happen. But in those games, and, and that Columbus game comes to mind, that... They came away with zero. Or they were on their way to winning the game and they ended up taking an overtime loss. Think of the games that they've lost in overtime this year. In many of them, yes, they had the lead. It's true. And the other team came back and tied it and then won an overtime. It hasn't all been turnovers. But that has been kind of the the biggest common denominator and a lot of these, to use Coop's term, self-inflicted. So you'd figure that's correctable. I think it's all correctable. That's why there's yeah. not necessarily a... I mean, we don't panic. And I don't even say most of the fans are panicking. I think some are concerned. Or discouraged. I mean, yeah. look, it is discouraging. You come home... It. After a fairly successful road trip, you're like, all right, we got Chicago, a team that is not projected to make the playoffs, and then Carolina, a team that is a top team, but we, the Lightning, we have beaten them. That's how the fans sure. say it. You know, we've beaten them already this year, and to come up with zero points and all of a sudden put yourself in kind of a tough spot vis-a-vis the teams around you in the Atlantic Division, which is competitive this year, is discouraging, and that's why you see the comments that that you've been reading today, Greg. Like, is there something fundamentally wrong? That's the difference. The Lightning had two bad games. We'll call it bad games. I think one was more caused by them, and one was more caused by the other team. And by the way, if fans are saying, well, you know, Michigan is, is not calling the Lightning out. He's giving too much credit to Carolina. Go back and listen to what I said after the Lightning lost to Chicago. Well, when Chicago I, rallied, I was like, this was more the Lightning serving it up for yeah, Chicago. This was not sure. Chicago made plays, but the Lightning basically wrapped it up for them and handed it to them. Yeah, what are you so going to do on a 2 on you know? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to assess what I see kind of neutrally, you know, and, and trying to give the fans my opinion. They may disagree, which is fine. But... This is not this is not something where we would say there is something yet after two games and after whatever they played 15 games 
where you know we've seen some good games, we've seen some less good games, where you would say there is something like systemically wrong, fundamentally wrong with the makeup of the team. That I will not say. I'm not. I'm not willing to. No. To to say that, but I mean that's kind of the sense that I'm getting from some of the tweets you read this morning, and even if there is a problem right now with kind of how the team is gelling to use your point, Greg, where you said the playoffs got to make the playoffs, but the playoffs don't start for several months. Like you have time to, to tinker with it and build that. I mean, I go back to that team in 1920, part of it was how they wanted to play, but part of it was integrating some new players in and, and, and kind of building an identity as a team. You meant 2020. Well, I'm talking about the the nineteen the twenty nineteen twenty twenty nineteen yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. like that's why that trip to Stockholm was so important for yeah. that group. So it can be done. Like the team that got outshot by Carolina forty four to eleven in Game Three or whatever the regular season, that was the same team that won the Stanley Cup. Now, they added guys right at the deadline, and they came a long way from that early season loss. But, like, it can be done. But I don't even know that that needs to be done. I mean, I've seen this team play some really, really good hockey. Yeah. They did not this past week, at least in the two home games. For sure. So now it's a, it's a new day. Tomorrow's a new game. Let's see them go out and, and perform well against a Blues team that's feeling pretty good about themselves right now. So I'll end, challenge. I'll end on this, and I think you brought up maybe the most important point of this show today is the fact that you're not getting points. Yes. You're losing in regulation. I think that's... Look, you're going to lose games. It's just 82-game season, parity, salary cap. You're losing players. You're, you're integrating newer players. I, factor that all in. Nobody, nobody is going to go, you know, 72-10. and 10. Maybe Boston does. <laughs> but you understand the point. It's that you need to pick up points even if you lose. Yeah, and you that's, need to pick up points even as you figure all this stuff out. That's exactly. Like talks about munching points. 100%. So that's that needs to change tomorrow. Do you want the Lightning to win tomorrow? Of course. We'll talk about it. Maybe we'll get somebody on from St. Louis. Partner, you're going to be traveling. Safe travels. Yep. But we're going to be talking about the Blues a bit more tomorrow. I'll be at right the here. rink. I love it. Right here mm -hmm. on these airwaves. Great job. Safe travels. Steve Ersnick, thank you, buddy. We appreciate everybody who listened. You've been listening to Power Lunch on Lightning Radio.